Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Coming up on today's episode, we take a look at trade targets for the Jets up front and on the back end. Plus a recap of NHL All-Star Weekend. Hello, everybody. Recording live from somewhere. What's good and welcome to another episode of Skates and Plates on the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm your host, Brandon Rewicki. You can follow me on Twitter at Brandon underscore Rewicki or the podcast at Skates Plates Pod. All right, well, let's get apologies out of the way first. I'm sorry that you have to listen to me sounding like this for the next uh, 30 minutes or so there, but um, you might have surmised that the reason for us not doing an episode at the end of last week was because I felt like absolute garbage, and that would be correct. And I still kind of do. <laughs> I mean, it was Thursday night, and I, I physically could not get out of bed. I couldn't even get to my phone to text Tyson either to say we couldn't. I was just like, whatever happens to me, happens to me. I just can't move. <laughs> and, um, yeah, so I guess that's five five days ago, and now I'm just kind of slowly getting back into the swing of things there. So apologies for missing on the uh, episode last week, but we'll make it up to you with a couple of jam-packed eppies. Uh, this week before the Jets get back into action. And of course, we'll be talking about everybody's favorite subject before the NHL playoffs get rolling around. And that would be the trade deadline. And there's plenty to get to. Thankfully, no new names have been scratched off the list after the Bo Horvat trade last week. So plenty to get into and plenty names to discuss around the Winnipeg Jets with about 27, 28 days to go. So we're at the four-week mark officially before teams have a chance to load up before the stretch runs. So we'll get into all that right now. Joining me once again is CJOB's Tyson Rowicki. Tyson, I really hope your weekend went better than mine did. <laughs> yeah, no, it was a pretty solid weekend. Can't complain. I'm, just, I'm glad to hear that you're feeling a bit better now. So that's always a good thing. Yeah, thanks for checking in on me too all weekend. You know, it was, would have been nice to have talked to, would have been nice to get some contact from the outside world. But no, I just had to deal with it all myself there. So that's all good. No worries. Um, <laughs> <laughs> thankfully, I had the, the Last of Us, it was episode four? Yeah, episode four of The Last of Us was Sunday night. So I, I kind of had... I built up enough strength over the course of the weekend to get through 45 minutes of that. So that was, that was my highlight there. Um, <laughs> certainly wasn't all-star weekend. I'll tell you that much. And uh, do, do you want to do all-star weekend now, or do you want to wait till later on in the episode? Let's, let's, uh, let's uh, put that on the back burner. Yeah. For... Right. Yeah. Yeah. I already, I already teased the trade stuff. You're right. Good call. Um, <laughs> so let's get into that first here. Then we'll talk about, and I mean, speaking of a tease, and, and this was done in, in some kind of phase for me. So I, I don't know if this is the best or the worst idea of all time. But I've got a way to save NHL All-Star Weekend next year. So make sure you tune into the rest of the episode to find out about what might be the greatest idea possibly in sports history. Maybe even human history. But we'll get to that a little bit later. Um, in the meantime, trade targets for the Winnipeg Jets. Quite frankly, there's a surprising amount. Like there's a lot of, a lot of guys, a lot of different statures in different positions. The Jets can pretty much go after anybody that is not a starting goaltender. Like their their net is extremely wide, which makes this 
a really interesting deadline for the club combined with the fact that they are, you know, seemingly going to be aggressive and have a chance in a pretty wide open Western conference right now. Hey, you know what? If everybody's going to take a step back, why not take a step forward, make some moves and let's get this thing nice and interesting in Winnipeg come April, May and June. So I'm intrigued to know what you're thinking, Tyson. Uh, Let's start up front. We'll start with our forward trade candidates or trade targets. We'll throw out some names. Maybe they should, maybe they shouldn't, all that. But, you know, essentially some of the names that we've been hearing and then some that, you know, might be a bit of a surprise to other people out there, but but targets that may fit with what the Jets are doing or maybe some some buyer beware for uh, what could be on the offering for the Winnipeg Jets. Um, I guess we'll start with, let's start with the big fish here. And pretty convenient too that, I, th- I think the article came out like an hour ago, just before we, we recorded. But especially with Bo Horvat gone now, the number one name on every trade bait board, no surprise, is Timo Meyer from the San Jose Sharks. And it seems like it's a, an inevitability that he's going to be moved. Where? Don't totally know yet, but it is interesting from both Murat Atesh's uh, article from The Athletic, and then another one, um, I don't know if it was The Athletic or a different publication, but you know, a, a couple of different sources having the Winnipeg Jets as one of the interested parties in a potential Timo Meyer trade. Um, I guess, initial thought, when you think Timo Meyer to the Jets, what's the first thing that pops into your head? Awesome. <laughs> just be awesome. <laughs> I mean, Timo Meyer, he's just... He's the prototypical power forward right now in the NHL. He's just, he's got the booming shot. He's got the speed. And like, that's, to me, that's one kind of the underrated aspects about T.O. Meyer's game is his ability to turn north-south on the ice. And like, he can really turn, keep the defense on their heels. And when you have a shot like that too, just you're mixing up the defense. You don't know if he's going to drive in, crash the net, or if he's just going to unleash a wrister from, from the hash marks and beat your goalie clean with it. I, I think T.O. Meyer is one of the more intriguing players. Um, on the trade market right now, and for good reason, obviously. I mean, we've heard the Devils have tons and tons of interest. It seems like that's one of the other teams that's kind of locked in on Timo Meyer right now. And I mean, with like like they mentioned in the in Murat's article, the, the Jets can afford him. Like they they can take on Timo Meyer right now with his contract and how much cap space that they have. I believe they can they can take on over ten million in in uh in money at the trade deadline. So the, I mean, right there. It, it, and the one thing that kind of stood out to me from that article too, Brandon, and I don't know if you've been noticing this the past couple of weeks when his name gets brought up. To me, it sounds like the insiders and the beat reporters don't think Pierre-Luc Dubois is coming back next year. They really, yeah. I got, I, I could, from, there's almost been no optimism. And with the season that they're having, I, to me, that's something to keep an eye on as we head into the off season here. I, 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 I don't know why either. I, I just don't see why that's, not at least on the table for PLD right now. Yeah, I mean, I, I would agree with the fact that it's either he signs some kind of an extension with the Jets, like not a one-year deal, signs some kind of multi-year extension with the Jets, or he gets moved. Like, it's one of the two. You, you don't sign him for one year and then, oh, well, wait till the deadline and see what's going on. Like, with an asset like that, you either cash in or make make sure he cashes in long-term. So I would agree with that. I, I still think... I don't know. I still think it's a little bit early. I mean, I would, I might lead towards him leaving anyways, but man, there, he hasn't seen a playoff run in Winnipeg. Like you're telling me if the Jets win two rounds and he goes supernova and the whiteouts bumping, everybody's stopping him in the streets. He's getting, he's getting free, free burgers at VJ's. Like you're telling me that he's not going to maybe say that this is where I want to spend the next seven, eight years of my life. So I, I don't know. We'll, we'll worry about that one a little bit later. But that it's interesting. I, I've, I've also seen a lot of people almost use that as one of the primary reasons to go after Timo Meyer is that you get a elite level forward as almost backup if and or when PLD leaves in the summer. And you could almost kind of, you know, swap the two out. And asset-wise, you remain the same. You have Meyer in and Dubois out, and all, you know nothing almost changes from that regard. T- to me, that's not why you make the trade. I-, I get why a lot of people are almost kind of you know trying to reason themselves that- through that, but I 
I, I, I don't I don't like that. Um, and then and to me, the biggest thing with with the Timo Meyer potential move, you know, I, I would say my my reaction if the Jets pulled it off, it would be okay, that is pretty sweet. But like I to me, it's like a, a Timo Meyer trade is like good emotion, but and then a lot of things underneath it. I mean, there, there, there's there's two potential drawbacks to, to going all in and, and getting a guy like Timo Meyer. One would be the level of assets that you're giving up, which we'll get to in just a sec. Two, essentially emptying the coffers for the Swiss forward from San Jose means you can't add anything on the back end of value, and you're pretty limited in terms of bringing in another depth forward if you wanted to, to help strengthen what you have up front there. It's kind of all in. Timo Meyer's the missing piece, and this team becomes a cup contender. I don't know if he's that guy. Like, I, I don't know if the Jets plug him in. Away you go. Are they the number one favorites in the Western Conference? I, I don't even know if I would say that, let alone he makes them a true cup contending team. So so that there's, there's kind of two issues there is just the, you know, is he the guy you push everything in for? Does he make the Jets the best team in the West? Or do you push those assets somewhere else that might help this team become a little more well-rounded, right? Like, I I, I just, I, I do have some concerns about that. Yeah, and, and even just to add on to that, committing long-term to a guy like Timo yeah. Meyer, you got to think that those at the end of that contract, they could look a little ugly. Because with power forwards, once your play starts, once you, your foot speed starts to go down a little bit, you kind of start to break down. It's just... It's not a it's not an easy decline for those kind of players. So I, that, that's also something I, I would worry a bit about trading for assets for Meyer and then extending him long term for a lot of money. I, that's at yeah you know, at nine or ten mil. Yeah, like that's and our... and people say like it's a swap him and Dubois goes out, but Meyer's not a center. He can play both wings, which is great, but you're 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 losing a centerman still in that situation. And how are you going to fill that hole all of a sudden, right? So. I as you might as, as you might be able to tell, I have I have some doubts about really it's just the fit. Like I mean, talent wise, he's amazing. Like every team would love to have a Timo Meyer. Like it's it's nothing about what he brings to the table. It's just the Jets are already deep on the wing. Is he going to be able to make this team better, or is it maybe just you know a surplus of riches that the team doesn't necessarily improve all that much when they could be used to push them somewhere else? That's a different discussion. We can have that a little bit later on. Um, what a lot of people are going to be asking about this is, you know, whether you're in or out for Timo Meyer is going to be, what's the trade return look like? And the Athletic kind of dove into that a little bit. And it's always good, too, to get a an outsider's point of view because what, what, is every, what does every fan do in a trade proposal? Uh, we'll, give you, we'll give you our B prospect, a second-round pick, and a guy that we want to get rid of for salary cap reasons. That's like that, that's how every trade works, right? So sometimes you need an outsider to come in and say, no, 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 we want this, this, this. And it seemed to me, Tice, like the consensus was a first-round pick, obviously. We'll say Rutger McGroarty and Dylan Sandberg as the final piece in a deal. If right now, Mike Greer, you're you're in Chevy shoes. Mike Greer, the GM of San Jose, says, first, McGroarty, Sandberg, done. The trade could happen right this second. Do you do that? Hmm. I think I do. For, I, I honestly don't think that's enough. Like, I, like, I don't think that's enough for Timo really? Meyer. I, I do. Because I, at that point, you're looking at, you're looking at a late first-round pick, Dylan Sandberg, who's shown that he's he's an NHL-ready defenseman, but there's some question marks on his ceiling, the question marks if he's going to reach that kind of top four level. And then, I mean, Rutger McGorry's a nice prospect, but I, I just you're trading a guy who's got like 40 goal-scoring potential, and we just saw what Bo Horvat went for and with the first-round pick, Arturati, who's the, who was the Islanders' number one prospect there. And then Anthony Beauvillier, who's more of a cap filler, but he's even, I would assume he still has value in the, like the third round pick range, fourth round pick range. So yeah, like I think I, to me, I, I find Timo Meyer more valuable than Bo Horvat. I, I don't know if that changes with a, I mean, it would change with the contract extension. I don't know how many teams who are trading for him are going to 
negotiate that contract extension with him. But uh, yeah, like I, I don't think I do it. You you do I'm think sorry. You, I'm sorry, I I I do think I do it from a Jets perspective, but not from the front, not from the San Jose Sharks perspective. That is that is interesting because I am, and I'm assuming I'm going to be in the minority on this, but I don't think I do that trade. I, I I think I think it ultimately hurts the Jets a little more than it. Well, I don't want to say it hurts them more than it helps them because Meyer is you know such a massive addition that he would still bring you know a, a ton of positives to the team. But I, I think Dylan Sandberg right now is a top four defenseman. He's not he's not playing that role necessarily right now with the Jets. But I, I think if you give him the opportunity, he's going to be a solid top four D-man right this second. And there's a lot of value in that, especially on the contract that he's on right now. Um, the, the first and McGrory, that I mean, look, that's just kind of the, the price the Jets are going to have to pay. Uh, no matter who they're making a move for, like if it's going to be a high-level asset, you're probably going to give up your first and one of your, I would imagine one of the three, the big three forward prospects, right? McGrory, Lambert, or or Chaz Lucius. But I don't know. I, I guess for me, it's just I'm not, I'm not going all in on Timo Meyer just solely for the cause that I, I think these these assets could be used elsewhere, and I, I think there's enough good forward help out there at the deadline that the Jets can kind of bargain shop to a degree. And you're not going to get Timo Meyer. Don't get me wrong, but. You know, if Timo Meyer is a four-win guy, can you get a two-and-a-half-win guy for a quarter of the cost? And if you can get a, you know, something else on the roster that helps out too, does that not make the Jets a better? That's the discussion that's going to have to be had there. Ultimately, like I, if the Jets do get Meyer, I'm not, I'm not going to complain about it because I'm always of the mindset: if you're going to go big, go big for elite talent. He's an elite talent. You know, I, I just think there's a different elite talent that the Jets should be going after. I guess that's kind of my whole pitch on on Timo Meyer there. But would love to know your thoughts on this. You know, again, let us know at Brandon underscore Rowicki on Twitter, at Tyson Rowicki at Skates Plate Pod. Are you in for Timo Meyer? And if you are, what is the package you're willing to give up? That's a pretty good package, though. Like the, the, I guess that is the nice thing for Jets fans is that the Jets do have the assets and they have the cap space to get realistically anyone which i don't know how many contending teams can say that may like maybe new jersey new jersey certainly has the the assets i don't know if they have the cat right so the jets are in a pretty unique position there and, and timo meyer hey certainly a worthy target to give up a first round pick a prospect in a little bit more there um so meyer is the the big name out there right now i would say the second most popular name not necessarily the biggest name but the most popular one might be from a similarly awful team. We're talking about the hometown boy, Jonathan Tames. Now, this is a way different deal. A lot a lot more, I think, intricacies are involved to make something like this happen. But now that we're a few weeks away from the trade deadline, and if they can make it work cap-wise, if Chicago eats half the cap, all that, whatever has to go into it, just from strictly what he brings to the ice, look at this. Is Jonathan Taves one of your main trade targets for the, for the Winnipeg Jets? To be honest, th- there are a couple guys who I would probably rather who I would have rather have over Jonathan Taves, but I, I I mean I would make the trade for him too. All like if there's so with certain circumstances happening with certain guys coming off the board as we lead up to the trade deadline. I think Jonathan Taze is a nice fallback. I think he's a guy where the Jets can be like, okay, let's maybe take a swing at a guy or two, see what we can get. And then if we don't land on those, let's fall back on the hometown boy guy who could probably count on to sign a contract extension with us when it's all said and done. But the only thing that that kind of worries me about Jonathan Taze is that he's, I mean, he's going to bring the leadership qualities. He's going to bring the face-off abilities. He's been there before. I just don't know if it's like the best fit. I just don't, I, I, I kind of struggle to see where we put Jonathan Taves into this Jets lineup. I mean, do you put him as a third line wing with with Lowry and help him take faceoffs? Do you put him with Shifley and have Shifley play Wayne and have him take the faceoffs there? But then, I, I, I don't know. Like, it's just to me, it's a, it's a weird fit. It kind of, it kind of complicates the Jets forward lines a bit. 
See, I, now I, I that's where I disagree on this. I think Taves can fit in a in a few different places. I think you can go Shifley, Dubois, Taves, Lowry down the middle, and then you're four deep there, or you can put Taves out there, you know, on work it however, but have Taves and Shifley together on a line. Taves takes the faceoffs, and then you can move somebody from the top six down in more of a support role with with Adam Lowry there. I think what I would term Jonathan Taves right now for the Winnipeg Jets is luxury buy. Like, would he help a lot? Yeah, yeah I think he would. I think he's got some game left. I, I think he, he could help out the Jets a lot. Is he worth even at, you know, $5 million in change at a second-round pick? Is is that worth it for the Jets? I don't know. Like, to, to me, he'd be more the cherry on top as opposed to the the crown jewel of Winnipeg shopping spree. Like, I, I think... I, I do worry a little bit about buying on name recognition. I don't think the price is going to be astronomical either. And and you might have to do some gymnastics cap-wise to make it work. But I as as much as he brings to the table in tangibles-wise and, and all that stuff, I'm not going to lose sleep over the fact that the Winnipeg Jets may or may not be able to bring him home. I think it's a great story. If it works, awesome. Don't let Jonathan Taze preclude you from going after Guys like Timo Meyer and some of the other bigger fishes that are out there. But if it happens and it works out, that would be great. He'd be a great, he'd be a great, you know, second edition as opposed to the 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 number one piece that's brought home by Chevy. So some people might agree with that, some people might disagree, but I I, I might even argue there's a more intriguing potential ad on Chicago that's that's not named Jonathan Taves. And you're you're nodding your head there. Are are you thinking? Which one are which one are you thinking there, Tyson? I actually have two. I mean, yeah, we one, do. Whoa, one of them would be it would be a depth ad. It wouldn't be anything crazy. It would be maybe a fourth round pick, fifth round pick. But I do love Sam Lafferty as a as a depth piece on the Jets. I I would he would be a great out on the penalty kill. He's got he's so fast too. I just I just like his style of play, and I think it would be a nice fit in the Jets bottom six. But that's that's kind of a luxury. But my other. My other name from Chicago would be another sort of a home homecoming for this guy, but I I like Max Domi. I wouldn't mind yep. bringing Max ding, Domi ding, on. Ding. Those those are my two picks there. I, I I think I think Max Domi is gonna be again another sneaky addition by a club. And as he showed with Carolina last year in limited minutes, he scored that big game seven winner. Like the dude, the dude rises to the moment. There's there's some guys out there that, you know kind of cower away and don't want to grab the bull by the horns. I think Max Domi is a guy that just goes out there and takes it. And I think he can fit, you know, pretty much anywhere in Winnipeg's lineup. The the one the only thing I'll disagree with you on on Sam Lafferty is I'm not going to be shocked if he gets a second round pick. I'm not going to be totally shocked if he gets Chicago a first round pick. Wow. And the reason I say that is does he not have a very similar statistical profile as his former teammate Brandon Hagel last year? And for those that don't know, Sam Lafferty is also signed for another year after this, and his cap hit is just over a million dollars. And we've seen Tampa Bay make a, a, a pretty good habit of this, acquiring guys that make just over a mil, and they give up a lot to get those guys, but the fact that they can play in your top nine, be big-time contributors, and be there for a couple of playoff runs, there, there's, there is a lot of value in that. Now, I don't think I would give up a first-rounder if I'm the Winnipeg Jets for him. I don't think the Jets are, are, are you know in that spot just yet. But hey, maybe if the bidding kind of cools down a little bit and other teams go elsewhere... Hell yeah, Sam Lafferty would be a great ad. And you're right. Like the speed is is the thing that pops off the page with him. You know, thankfully the Jets PK is already outstanding. But I mean, man, you you add him to that group. Yeah, that that that, that might be a penalty kill unit that carries you through a couple of rounds. You know what I mean? So I think, yeah, I, I think Sam Lafferty might actually be the most effective ad out of Chicago and when everything's all said and done here. He's just, you know, the least known out of the five, six, or seven guys that are going to be heading out of uh, Chicago in a couple of weeks' time here. Um, but interesting names to start this off here up front uh, for the Winnipeg Jets. Let's get to a few more of the big ones. Um, why don't we go to a whole team? 
and not Chicago, but a team that is kind of in the playoff mix right now, but has a bunch of pending UFAs that are going to be big-time ads for clubs out there. And that would be the St. Louis Blues. They've got a trio of guys out there. Any of O'Reilly, Tarasenko, or Barbashev wet your whistle there? Out of those three, I, I like Diamond Barbashev. I think he'd yeah. be a really great fit on this team. Yeah, I think he just I think he just fits perfectly. And then worst case, if Pierre Luc Dubois does end up leaving, there's your replacement right there. There's fills in as your second line center coming out of the departure of PLD and things don't look as bad. And then going into the playoffs, you can play him on, on the third line with Lowry or wherever. He's so versatile that you can put him wherever you want in the lineup. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I, I think anywhere anywhere in the middle six, he's going to be just fine. He's a big dude. He's not afraid to be physical, just like all the Blues forwards are. And he's going to cost the least out of the three. So, I yeah, I, I'm all on the Ivan Barbashev train. I think he might be one of the sneakier pickups this deadline. You know, I, I, I think as much as I would like Ryan O'Reilly, I think there's going to be other teams more interested in him than the Jets are. I think Toronto or Colorado is probably where we're going to see him end up. I, I wonder about Tarasenko, though. You're like, I, like, I wonder what the mark is going to be like for him. And that might be a guy if, you know, we're an hour away from the deadline and some moves are made already. Meyer's gone. O'Reilly's gone. Like, maybe you could get, I don't know, maybe you could get him on the cheap. And the dude, the dude plays. He's, he's, he's a big-ass dude, too. 225, put him out there with Nick Ehlers on a line. You have Tarasenko on one, Connor on another. Purebred snipers all over the place. I I, I got interest in Tarasenko. I would like to see what the price is going to be. You know, I, I'm not going to first-round pick on a rental, but if you could maybe sneak in a little bit under that, under the radar for a guy like Tarasenko, that might not be the worst thing in the world. Well, and it's just crazy to think that he's been with St. Louis for so long. I mean, He's, he asked for a trade, what, two off-seasons ago now at this point, and it still hasn't gotten done. So you got I mean, something's definitely coming there. And But it makes you think of what kind of interest actually is out there on Tarasenko. And the Islanders were were probably one of the teams that were the most interested in him. And you can, you can pretty much write them off as a suitor for Tarasenko now. So that's one less team to worry about. I don't, I, I'm super interested to see where he goes because I honestly can't pinpoint any team right now that I think would be in the lead for his services. Agree. No clue. No clue. It's going to be fascinating. It's going to be some weird team too, that probably ends up getting it done. And they'll be out in the first round. Either way, (laughs) hopefully it's not the Winnipeg jets. Um, We'll, we'll look into a few more forward additions. The club could be looking at as well as some on the back end. But before we do that, we got to give a shout out to our friends over at DraftKings sports book, because the biggest Sunday in sports is days away. That's right. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 57, has all the action you need. New customers can bet five bucks and get 200 in bonus bets instantly. Plus, all customers can get in on the Super Bowl 57 excitement with DraftKings Happy Hour Super Boost. Check the DraftKings Sportsbook app every day. See what prop bets get boosted and jump in on the fun there. Any any prop bets? Give me give me a prop bet that you might be interested in right now, Tyson, quickly. Over on the national anthem, 100%. <laughs> nice. I don't even know who's doing the national anthem, but I'm already there with you. Um, <laughs> we'll we'll do our picks in our, our next episode. But one prop bet I kind of like is Jarek McKinnon over receiving yards. The Eagles do not do well in terms of pass coverage against running backs. I think 25th in the NFL. And McKinnon's the guy out of the backfield. Maybe you want to do Pacheco. Maybe you do both of them. I don't know. But uh, the Chiefs love throwing the ball to McKinnon. So I might go, I might bet the house on McKinnon over. That's what the Super Bowl's all about, though, is betting the house on guys you've barely even followed or heard of all season long. And why not do it with our friends over at DK? Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code THPN. New customers can bet $5 on Super Bowl 57 and get 200 in bonus bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for more details. All right, we've been running a little bit long with some of the uh, main deadline targets for the Winnipeg Jets, so... Tyson, I'll just throw out a couple of intriguing names, maybe under the radar guys. 
Um, and then if anybody, if, if you have anybody on your list that I miss, throw them out there and we'll see if uh, any of those might be a good fit for the Jets. Um, but in terms of maybe guys that you might only have to give up a mid to late round pick for, uh, these would be bottom six fillers. I don't mind Nick Bukestad and uh, Brett Ritchie from, from Arizona. Those are going to be relatively cheap. Um, from Columbus, Emil Bemstrom might be an intriguing guy to target there. A guy that's you know played pretty well, but doesn't seem to get a whole lot of love from the Jackets. One other guy from Columbus I want to mention at the end of this, uh, but we'll do that in just a sec. Uh, what about Sean Monaghan, too, from Montreal? You know, the Jets might be one of the few teams, again, that can fit his cap hit under the uh, under under the cap there. And he's been playing pretty good hockey for the Habs. So that might be a name to keep an eye on as well. More depth down the middle. Another, again, mid to late round pick, Nick Benito from San Jose. We know the guy can get it done in the playoffs. He's got some ties to the Winnipeg area as well. So you might not mind spending a, a couple of months here in Manitoba. Um, I think... Yes, Puliarvi is a big one for me. Doesn't sound like there's going to be a huge asking price for him, and he's, he's look, he's going to miss a ton of chances, but he's going to do a lot of other things right for you. I think the Jets could use a guy like him. And finally, I don't know how likely this is, but it does kind of feel like the Jets are looking for Andrew Cop 2.0, right, Tice? Yeah, and we know uh, this guy really well. I wonder if Scott Lawton from Philadelphia might not be a, oh, who do we get type of a trade deadline ad. Um, I, I would describe if you haven't watched, he's basically Andrew Cobb, right? Like a, may, maybe a little less offensive punch, but plays center, plays on the wing, can play literally on any of your four lines. Like just a good dude as well. He, he any team he goes to, he's going to make better. I don't know how much interest the Jets have, but Scott Scott Lawton would be a pretty sneaky good ad for any team headed into the playoffs. Yeah, Scott Lawton is definitely one. Of, I I just don't think the Flyers move him honestly. I think he I think he means yeah. too much to their team right now, and he's the only guy on their team with a letter, which is ridiculous. But whatever. <laughs> well, you're sorry, you're sorry. Kevin, what about Kevin Hayes? Kevin Hayes. Oh. <laughs> Hayes two <laughs> But uh, yeah, like I think Scott Lawton would be a great ad. One of the guys from my list, and I think this is a team that not a lot of people are talking about. This is a team that has to make a move too. Like they literally have to make a move to get under the cap right now. And that's the Florida Panthers. I, I like with Anthony Duclair coming back from surgery, Hork's, Hornquist is finally healing up. A guy that I that I think that you can maybe squeak out of Florida that provides that kind of Swiss Army knife role too is Sam Bennett. I think. If you could squeeze Sam Bennett out of Florida, I would love that addition with the Jets. I think he would. He's got the sandpaper. He's got the versatility. He's gonna. He's. I think he's just a perfect playoff performer. I think he would fit in super nicely on the left side with Adam Lowry. That's. I kind of like that too, Tice. That's. Hey, sign me up for that. If the Jets can go ahead and make that happen, I, that would be really, really intriguing. And he plays hard. He's a really, really physical physical cats so that would be a nice little ad as well we might have to dive into uh sam bennett in our next episode when we do our dream trade deadline scenarios for the jets but that's a good that's a good name to keep an eye on there um one other one that i'll just say which is interesting if you want to go the nikita kucherov route gus nyquist from columbus De- i mean it depends on how hurt he is they say he's out for the regular season to me that's okay he's ready to go for the playoffs and the jets have a ton of cap space they can make it work you bring him in maybe you put him on ltir you could add more and more i'm intrigued by that i i like i like skirting the rules i like being a little bit dirty so maybe the winnipeg jets can go that route all again all depends on the health of gus nyquist there but that's all the forward guys that we're going to look at for now let's uh shift gears to the blue line and we've, I don't even know how much we have to go into the big guy here, Tice, because we've talked about him I don't know, weeks, maybe even months now at this point. But obviously the number one trade target, and, and maybe has been for a couple of years on the back end, is going to be Jacob Chikrin. Um, yay or nay, going all in for Chikrin. Yay, yay, go yeah. all in. Yay, do it. Yay, do it. <laughs> I saw, you know, I was, I was talking to 
to hustler about this and like, because I've been banging the chikrin drum forever and he was like we can do the chikrin trade as long as as long as Vimelka comes along with them, so the Jets don't have to pepper him with 50-plus shots a night and, <laughs> you know, tough one after tough one against the Coyotes there. I'm like, yeah, I'd, I'd be down with a Hellebuck-Vimelka tandem for the next couple of years. But I'll just kind of reiterate quickly what, what I've said this whole time. I think the Jets' biggest hole is on the back end, and I think Jacob Chikrin's the best guy available. That, that you know, realistically available, I should say. And when you look at age contract, cap hit, skill set, tools. To, to me, it's a home run. And if the cost is, I mean, if the cost is two first rounds and a prospect, a first runner this year, first runner next year, a prospect, yeah, absolutely I do it. If it's a first round pick, one of the forward prospects in a Philly Hanela, again, I do it. I, to, to me, it's it's almost whatever price Arizona is asking for. Sign me up, let's get it done, and away we go here. And I think the fact that he's not a rental is arguably the biggest reason why you go big and you go after him hard. So um, we're both on the Jacob Chikrin trade. You probably heard us talk about that before. Uh, I'm, I'm sure we might mention him once or twice in our Friday episode as well. Uh, but some other names to keep an eye on. I guess Ivan Provorov would be the second biggest. Well, before we get to Provorov, are you interested in any of the other defensemen rumored to be available the Vladislav Gavrikovs, the Joel Edmondsons, the Luke Shens, essentially second to third pair guys that would help add some depth to the Winnipeg Jets decor. Are you are you interested in guys like that at all? The only guy out of those three that you mentioned that I would inquire on is Luke Shen. I I, I think Edmondson and Gavrikov are going to cost you way too much money, or sorry, way too much assets in, in a trade and. I mean, I think Luke Shen could get a haul too, but if you can get Luke Shen for maybe a third and a minor, like a a C B minus tier prospect, I would do that all day. I mean, we we've kind of poked fun at Luke Shen a little bit over the past couple of years, a couple of times, but he's been playing really good hockey, and he's just he's a perfect playoff defenseman for a team that that needs a guy like that. And I mean, every team needs a guy like that, really. He's I. T- to me, he's kind of like the prototypical depth defenseman that you had at the deadline to really kind of push your decor over the top. Yeah, I, I don't have a problem with those guys. I just don't think they move the needle for the Jets. Yeah, and, like, and to give up to give up a second round pick even for for any of those, I'm just not into it. I'm I'm into big game shopping. So let's yeah. let's keep big game shopping. And one of those names would be Ivan Provorov out of Philadelphia. We talked about that rumor a few weeks back. Um. Something changed. Oh, right. The Pride Night fiasco. I mean, there's going to be a lot of people that just don't want anything to do with them, quite frankly. Um, a lot of fans, and I think a lot of a lot of hockey teams in general are just going to like, uh, I don't know if I want to deal with this backlash right now, but there's going to be, you know, a ton of teams that are just, you know, going to bite the bullet there and, and, and make a run of them. I, I, again, the cost is going to be intriguing to me and, and how, how that potential deal might work. But I guess, uh, yeah. I mean, if it's going to cost you similar to Chikrin, may- maybe a touch less, is there interest in you with that one, Tice? Or are you just going to kind of push that one away for now? Oh, I mean, the, the skill set's there. I mean, that, that is the one thing. He would be a positive addition from the skill set front. But like you mentioned, the backlash and everything that's going to come with an Ivan Provorov trade. I, the, the one thing I will say is that we've seen it time and time again. And as much as it's probably going to kind of piss some people off, NHL GMs don't care. Like, they they don't about this kind of stuff. And we've seen it, seen it happen again with the Rangers shortly after. Like, this is, it's one of the problems with the NHL. And we've seen it not just in the NHL, but we've seen it with the, with the Hockey Canada board. We've seen it with some of these other hockey boards. It's just when it comes to these sort of issues, hockey's a step behind the other leagues and they just don't care. So I've, you fans can be upset about guys who are added from certain teams who do some certain things, but it's that's the way the NHL goes. We've seen Evander Kane get moved plenty of times, and all the stuff that comes with Evander Kane, and it's just that's kind of a sad part about this sport. But stuff like this is going to happen, and I think if we're talking even just skill set, Ivan Provorov can definitely help this team, and I think a lot of I thought a lot of GMs in the NHL just think that way. Yeah, yeah, there's no doubt about that. Um, 
And yeah, I, I, I don't know how fans feel about it, right? Like, uh, there's going to be some that are in, there's going to be some that, you know, unfortunately don't care. Um, the one thing I would say too is that, you know, we've seen Provorov's struggles in Philadelphia come when he is essentially trying to be the guy. In Winnipeg, he wouldn't be taking over the, you know, the majority of the duties there, right? Like, he'd be playing second fiddle. I, I think that might be a better spot for him in terms of the, the pecking order on your blue line, a better stylistic fit for, for Ivan Provorov. Um, let's move over to a little more fun story. What are the Jets going to give up to get Eric Carlson? And how soon is it going to happen? I knew you were going to mention this. <laughs> I'm not letting it go, Tice. I can't. I can't, I can't quit him. I, I try it, but I can't. Way too much. It's going to be way more than it's just. I, I think it's too much for the Jets. I, I do. Like you, like you're looking at probably. I think the the last report was three first round picks at, and Carlson would be at I believe eighteen percent retained. And so you're looking at, let's just say, like if you if you're needing the equivalent of three first round picks, you're going to have to include Lambert, McGordy. And a first round pick on top of that, and I don't think I honestly don't think that gets that done. I think you, I think you still need more for Eric Carlson. I, I just don't think the Jets are going to be that comfortable giving up that much for, for Eric Carlson. I am going to unveil a scenario on Friday's episode where the Jets can make that happen. <laughs> this is I'm gonna let me I'm gonna email my boss, tell him I'm taking two days off, and I'm gonna find a way for the Winnipeg Jets to make this work and then still make a few other additions. So, so stay tuned for that for the end of the week. It's going to happen. It has to happen. Please bring Eric Carlson to where he belongs. Sweden is basically when it's the Winnipeg, like Winnipeg is the, the Sweden of North America. Like just, just come home, come home, Eric. Um, did you have any other names on blue on the blue line there, Tice? Or are those kind of the big ones? If you to me, if you miss out on the big names there, I would circle back on Matthias Ekholm from Nashville. Oh, see, interesting. See what your see what their plan is because I mean, right now the the past couple of years Nashville's just been a team that's in limbo, and uh, David Poyle has been one of the one of the best GMs the past how I don't even know how long it's been with Nashville now, close to thirty years, and he's been. One of the more underrated GMs. He's super well respected around the league, but I, they're just in limbo right now, and they need you got to figure out what's going on in Nashville. I think now's the time. You're not you're not quite there, and I think you're a step behind all these other teams that are in the playoffs right now. So I think now would be a good time if you're thinking about doing a little bit of a retool. I wouldn't mind if I'm the if I'm the Predators seeing what's out there from Matias Ekholm because he is getting up there in age. He is starting to get a little bit older, so I think. While he still is providing those high quality minutes at, at his as he reaches his his higher thirties, I think now would be a good time to to move on from Matthias Ekholm, and he can still play hockey. He would be, I think, he would be a great addition on the Jets' second pair. I think he could really, really solidify things on that decor. He can still play. I watched him the other night play for Nashville. He was on the ice and playing hockey. You're right. <laughs> Um, one name, I, I don't think he's going to be traded or anything, but I, I'm intrigued about Noah Hannafin. Oh, I'll just I'll just say keep an eye out on Noah Hannafin. If, if if the Flames continue to stumble here, they are currently tied with the Avs for the final wild card spot. The Avs have two games in hand. I think most people would take Colorado in that uh, sprint to the finish line there. But Hannafin is a upcoming UFA next year. Uh, not saying, but just saying. Just, uh, there's something that piques my interest about Noah Hannafin's status out there with Calgary. You think they would have got something done for one of the sneakier top pair defensemen over the past several seasons in the NHL. So uh, who knows? Maybe something crazy could happen from Chevy there. Uh, but that'll do it for our look at the trade targets on the back end, as well as up front. We'll continue our trade talk going into our next episode to close out the week. But to wrap things up here and put a bow on it, I did tease this, Tyson. And I didn't tell you what my idea was because I, I said, I texted you that I wanted I wanted to see your reaction live on whether or not this was a great or, or a, just a horrific idea. Uh, but NHL All-Star Week, it obviously took place this past weekend. A complete disaster, the skills <laughs> competition. I don't know what the hell anyone was thinking, but it was an abomination. 
I actually thought the all-star game itself was not bad. <laughs> like it was it was surprisingly okay, but the skills comp was an utter, utter disaster. Just a complete gong show from start to finish. Now, my proposal doesn't have anything to do with the skills comp. It's it's strictly the all-star game itself. And I've been kind of thinking about this for a few years, Tice. And this may have come through a flu and Tylenol lace hallucination at 3 a.m. on Saturday night. So I, I don't know if it's good or not. But I do have a proposal to fix NHL All-Star Weekend with the greatest showcase that any All-Star game has ever seen. Are you ready? Yeah. So what is the what is the biggest drawback to all-star games and, and really any sport? Like what what is the main reason why they just don't translate well in terms of a, of a viewing experience? Because they don't care. Bingo. That's <laughs> it. They don't care. And realistically, nor should they. Like I don't blame them for, for not going out there and and you know going crazy because it, it ultimately in the grand scheme of things doesn't matter. So how do we make them care is has always been the crux of of this question. And for me, it's it's really simple how you get this done. And I take some inspiration from one of the greatest sporting events on the planet. And that would be March Madness. But even more so than that, it would be I would say Mortal Kombat. <laughs> and here's what the NHL needs to do. Instead of trying this three-on-three for 10 minutes, blah, 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 blah. If you want the players to care and go out there and make a performance and make a name for themselves, you create a Mortal Kombat-style bracket. And you have 1v1 matches. One One skater versus one skater. First goal wins. You get scored against, you're out, you score, <laughs> you move on to the next round, next what? pair up, and you That's... continue, and you continue, and you continue until you get to the final round where it's, you know, the whatever, the champ from the A side versus the champ from the B side, and they go toe-to-toe, and it's first goal wins. First goal <laughs> wins, and you are the champion of All-Star Weekend. Not a team, not a division, but just a player. That is, is that sanity, or is this the best idea ever? Well, it's definitely better than what they're doing right now. <laughs> I can just yeah, I'll like take that, it. that would be fun. That would be a lot of fun, especially because once uh, guys can talk all they want about not caring, but once you get into that one-on-one setting, it's gonna be oh, it's it's insanity. Yeah, it's right? like it's it just it's pure competitiveness takes over from that point, and you would do it too, where it's like from the blue line in, you don't go full ice. So it's from the blue line in. You can't cross the blue, like all that stuff. You keep it, you know, somewhat confined into a short area there. And you could have different goalies for, you know, they each play a quarter of the matches or whatever it is. And then you just have these guys go in 1v1 matchups. And if you want to spice, like, let the crowd, let the, let the fans pick who goes in each matchup. <laughs> or you can just draw names out of a hat. Or you can have, like, the draft. Connor McDavid gets to choose who he goes up against first. Yeah. And then this guy, like, there's so many different ways you can do it. Like, I, I almost, I don't even care. But all the ways would bring so many freaking eyeballs to the NHL. And especially the first go around, there would be such a novelty aspect to it that I think the players themselves would get extremely jacked up. And I mean, come on, if you get the opportunity to have McDavid versus McKinnon, like one one on one, Crosby Ovechkin to finally settle the debate once and for all. Like this is a Stephen A. Smith wet dream right here. Like this this it, it fills talk radio for for months and months. Like I, I and, and you could have like Devers forward all like there's just so much to me. There's so much potential with this that we have to find a way to make it happen. Um, I I think I think this might be why I was put on this earth, Tyson, was to unleash this idea and get it done for the NHL. I, I just, I think it's a winner. I, I don't know. I don't know if you're on board or not, but that, that's no, that, my, my grand vision for this. 
that is an awesome i love that idea and, and if you you do the draft too or whoever like whoever has the most points picks who they play first and you just sure. go down the list there and then i think that like on friday or thursday that would be awesome friday tweak the skills competition a little bit if you still want to do that sure but let's if we're doing the skills competition, this is the other thing that really bugged me. That that breakaway competition was the worst layout for the breakaway competition I've ever seen. I was so confused at the beginning when Mitch Marner came out and there was this big video, and you're like, "Oh, let's go! On. This is a crazy start to the to the skills competition." Mitch Marner's on a beach. I wonder what he's gonna do, and he comes in with the white suit on and throws a flip shot from the ringette line, like. I, I honestly couldn't believe it when I watched it. I was like, "That did we actually just wait 10 minutes for that to happen? And now, now we're going to commercial break right away? Like, what are they doing? Yeah, yeah. Just, yeah, that, don't that, worry. That, the, the Mitch Marner flip shot will not be a part of my uh, NHL All-Star <laughs> weekend. So you don't have to worry about that. But I yeah, just, no. come on. Matthews versus, Matt Matthews versus Marner, round one? Or to have Marner versus Marchand? Oh, like, there's wow. just like... what. Come on, let's please make this happen. Also, I'm going to Monday, February 6th. uh, I just want to make sure I copyright this so that, you know, in case anybody tries to steal this, like (laughs) I am going to get so many royalties for this, but I think it's a winner. I think it should happen. I actually think, I think this would be better suited for the NBA than the NHL. If the NBA did it, I think it would shut down the sporting world, but for once NHL, like be the progressive league and do this and make it happen and get your name on the map a little bit here. Um, but let us know what you think again at Brandon underscore Rewicki at Tyson Rewicki or at skates plates pod on Twitter. Would you like to see a mortal Kombat style one V one matchup to determine the champion of all-star weekend, as opposed to the three on three garbage. We so no one wants to see that. Come on. Mortal Kombat, finish him. <laughs> that is awesome. That's fine. That, that is the, the way to save it. You have to save it. That is your goal. It's your two years. All Star game. The the petition, the wave, the revolution starts now. I want. I I I, re, I would like this to get some traction. So like, please, please help out, people. Like, please, let's just try to make this a thing. Okay. Gonna try to. I I I know a couple of people in in some high places. I'm gonna see if we can get this going here and make the NHL the fun league for once in their lives. Um, but that's enough for this week. We're, we're getting close to an hour here, so we're going to cap it right there. We'll leave you with that precious nugget. And again, let us know what you think about that. Um, but that'll do it for our Tuesday episode here. Thank you guys so much for listening once again. We'll get back at it to close out the week Friday morning, finishing up our trade deadline talk before the Winnipeg Jets get back into game action. And what we'll do is have some fun, and me and Tyson will both unveil our dream deadline scenarios for the Winnipeg Jets, what they have to give up, who they have to get to make the club a frontrunner for the Stanley Cup this upcoming season. We'll dive into all that and a little bit more when we get back at it to close out the week. Until then, thank you guys so much for listening to another episode of Skates and Plates right here on the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm your host, Brandon Rewicki, CJOB's Tyson Rewicki, stopping by once again. Until Friday, have a great week, everybody. Stay safe. Peace.